You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSE Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSE Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the student of the game. I am Kyle Nash, the student of the game, and here with me in studio, playing hurt but still playing hard, the personality of the show, Weasel Wings. Yeah, boy. And of course, no show is complete without Sumter County's finest, their very own, the, the local hero, if you will, Chris Rankin. Firefighter extraordinaire, Chris, welcome in once again. Uh, good times, man. Good to hear from you. Yeah, it's good to be on here. Hopefully, Sumter County can be a little calm for the next hour or so. <laughs> well, not that it is a bastion of doom, but every now and again, Mother Nature does do its thing to cause problems. We've had you leave the show before, but hey, hopefully not this time. Work with us a little bit. He, he always fills out his picks. Just in case, anyway, because, you know, that's, I mean, that's how you handle business. I mean, you know, playing hurt, handling business, what they do on this show. Me, I'm, I'm just a prop. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just the good looks on this show. <laughs> Weasel's nodding. Yeah, boy. Good luck. Uh, good looks for a podcast. That's right. <laughs> See, I'm glad you put that together. Got a great look for radio, baby. Woo! <laughs> Hater. <laughs> Uh, it's not hate if it's true. Oh, now I'm sad. Anyways, you know what else might might have been, might have been sad? Thursday night. I was actually expecting a pretty close game. And it's not that this game was unclose. It just didn't go the way a lot of people thought. Of course, when I say a lot of people, I mean people who like the Simpsons, like Homer's. Chris, Thursday night. Well, first off, I was having a hard, a hard time watching because I'm red, green, colorblind. And what happened to white team having to wear white and not a colored jersey or something like that? One home team wears colored jerseys and the white team wears a white jersey. So I had a hard time trying to find the red, red jerseys with the green field and the, with the green jet receivers too. So, well, but anyway, I, I think <laughs> I think this is just you colorblind people declaring war on Christmas because that whole red and green man. I had I had. The Bean Crosby going up in here. Oh, wait, that's White Christmas. That doesn't work anyway. Anyways, yeah. So, um, because tint. Moving on. Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, not just me. A lot of people have it. I mean, 8% of Americans are red, green, colored ones. <laughs> yeah. So, it, it, um, it, I mean, well, it, it just basically looks white and gray. I mean, right? I, no, they actually just look the same color when they're mixed together. You can't tell them apart when they're, you know, when you usually have the blink, the ink blots or whatever. You can't tell it distinguished between red and green. Finally, I have an excuse for that Gator player player in 2014 who blocked his own guy. Okay, I can, I can. He's color, he's color blind to blue and orange. Got it. Moving on. Actually, that's that. Actually, with the Gators, it's um, it's a common occurrence because they blocked each other twice this year. What a play. Well. I, I just but, anyway, got so, but anyway, Jets Bills, you know, in the light of Thanksgiving season, Jets starting quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick was thankful for the big contract the Bills gave him a few years back. 
And wait, well, remember what happened to when he had that big contract after he signed it with the Bills? How he played? Not very well, I remember correctly. He got paid. Why? Why does he need to play, uh, be good? Is he got it with the Bills, right? I mean, he was smart enough to get a contract with that Harvard degree. Eh? <laughs> he got paid. Yeah, he didn't play as well. And with Rex Ryan's return to the Meadowlands, the Jets, the rest of the Jets team passed the Thanksgiving season and gave the Bills. For more in the giving mood, and gave the Bills and their former coach a 22 to 17 victory. The Jets had many chances to win the game. At the start of the fourth quarter, the Jets elected to go for it on fourth and two at the Bills 20 instead of kicking the field goal when they were down 22 to 10. See now I know um, they were stopped. I know why Chris is really pissed at this game. They're wearing Christmas colors, and Thanksgiving hasn't even happened yet. For Christ's sake, what's up with that? I'm, come yeah. on. Anyway. And, so, so on the fourth and two at the 20-yard line, they go for it. They had a two-yard loss, gave the Bills back. When they're down 22 to 10, it would have been 22 to 13. Then later in the quarter, after a botched punt by the Bills, the Jets took over at the Bills' 13-yard line and the, turned the ball over on downs with 3.02 left. Jets would get the ball back with less than a minute, and they would try to throw deep, and it was intercepted to steal the game for the, for the Bills. You know, what I said about Fitzpatrick playing horribly, he was 15 for 34, 45% for 193 yards, two touchdowns, two INTs. He had 30 yards rushing on three attempts. Um, one of his INTs went through the hands of Brandon Marshall and was tipped and picked off by the Bills. Marshall finished with three catches for 10 on 10 targets for 23 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, 30% completion <laughs> completion percentage to Brandon Marshall. That's not very good. Eric Decker had six receptions for 85 yards and a touchdown. Jets did get the running game back after the last few weeks, which has been disappointing. Chris Ivory had 99 yards on 18 carries, but he lost a fumble. For the Bills, once again, Tyrod Taylor was efficient, 17th for 27 for 158 yards and a touchdown. LaShawn McCoy had 112 yards on 19 carries. And the rookie running back, Carlos Williams, had a 26-yard touchdown catch. You know, the Jets secondary the last couple of weeks, they, you know, they've been playing pretty bad. This week, the, they limited the Bills receivers to only six catches combined on 14 targets for 33 yards. It's not including the tight end, Charles Clay, who had 52 yards on five catches. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's put it this way. I still don't understand why the Bills went with Charles Clay instead of Scott Chandler, and I'll leave it at that. And don't tell and me, don't tell me it was money because I saw what they paid Charles Clay. I'm just saying. All right. The difference difference in the game was turnovers and point points off turnovers. Jets had four turnovers to the Bills zero. Uh, in the second quarter, after Fitzpatrick's interceptions, the Bills kicked a field goal. On the ensuing kickoff, Jets returner Devin Smith fumbled the ball, and Duke Williams, for the Bills, picked it up and returned 19 yards for a touchdown. Also, the Jets going one for three on fourth down instead of kicking field goals cost them the game. Bills only had three drives in the game that went more than 20 yards. And so, Kyle, I want you to cue the music. For the second <laughs> week this year, Bills kicker Dan Carpenter he added the wall of shame as he missed an extra point. I'm so proud. I, 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 this isn't his first one either, if I remember correctly. Well, this is the second week this year he's made the list. Dan Carpenter has added the wall of shame. Nice. 
See, this is a nice little gimmick. I better keep that clip handy. More on that later. By the way, record be shown. At this time in the NFL, I saw a stat flashed during Sunday's action. They're the number of misses so far. And, of course, well, the number of misses so far is close to the number of misses for the past five seasons combined. Of extra points. Of extra points. Yes, thank you, Weasel. I, I think... Whatever the NFL is trying to do, it's working. At least with the extra points. So, yeah. So, so these so these two teams playing each other in week 17, will that be a deciding factor of who will make the wild card spot? I'm looking at it right now. And let me tell you, let me tell you how close this is. And you may already know, Chris, I don't know if you looked at it. Weasel, I'll tell you now. I'm looking at the playoff picture in front of me. The Bills at 5 and 4. The Jets in five and four. Currently, the thing giving it to the Bills and the advantage is the divisional record. Let's say that the two of them face each other in week 17 and the Bills beat the Jets to become, uh, let's say, to become nine and seven, right? That means they both go four and three over the next however many weeks, right? Seven weeks, seven games, eight weeks. The... Or not eight, it would be seven. Yeah, that's why I said four and three. The Bills would make the playoffs outright based on head-to-head. So, really, every divisional... I mean, every game already matters, but every divisional game is huge. The Bills play the Patriots here coming up next week. And the Jets have another round with the Patriots yet, so... Yeah, they they still have... The Jets still have to play everybody else in the division. Right. One more time. Whereas the Bills already have both the gimmies from Miami this year. So um, that'll be interesting. I think, I mean, it's very likely Week 17's a factor. And I know at least one game that Chris would be watching if that were the case. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, and still, you you guys are crazy with me about picking picking the Bills as a wild card team. And it's looking pretty good right now. That's okay. I picked the Dolphins, so it breaks even. Weasel. I, th- I think it's so bad right now that I think an 8-8 eight and eight team or could actually possibly make the playoffs in a wild card. 8-8? <laughs> eight, eight and eight? Bro, have you seen the AFC South? I'm hoping it's only as bad as 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, he said, he, said, he, said, he said wild card. He didn't say a team. Card. Yeah. He said wild card. You'll have like wild cards at like 10-6, and 11-5. and five. Oh, and I see what you're saying. I'm just saying that it could be lower because right now it's the There could Steelers. be more crappy teams than just one team that gets in on the fact of winning a division. I hear you. Okay. I'll just say this. The, uh, for the wild card, Steelers lead six at a 6-4 and four record. Outright, they would get the fifth. And then you have <laughs> the, Buff, the Bills and the Jets at 5-4. and four. Everybody else is either 3-5 and five or 4-5. and five. So it's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> I'll put it this way. I keep my hopes up a little bit. Because I think I think the Bills, ooh, that means they have to win five out of the next seven, don't they? God, that's awful. You're right. My bad. Well, thank you for ruining my night, Weasel. Right. Oops. <laughs> hey, hey, what, what's, what, what, what's bad is the teams that are only two games out of making the playoffs right now. Damn. Let's talk about one of them. In the NFC side, at least. <laughs> the Saints and the Redskins. Uh, am I the one stuck with this POS? <laughs> you got it. Have fun with it. 
<laughs> no, I knew that. I just I I'm trying to stall as I talk about how bad the Saints are. Before, I was bitter last week when the Saints lost to the Titans in a way that they shouldn't have and cost me my survivor placement. Now, they got brutalized by the Washington's Redskins. Now, people may be like, but Kyle, are you going to blame Drew Brees? No, I'm not. Sure, he threw two picks, but he was 19 for 28 with 209 and two touchdowns. Saints even controlled the ball while on the ground, going 25 carries for 158 yards. That's more than six to carry. What I noticed is the 500... And 37 yards of total offense by the Redskins. So Yes, the Redskins. Yes, the Redskins. Kirk bleeping cousins. So we were talking about the Saints, right? That's right. I would like, I have some breaking news. Uh-oh. Rob Ryan fired by the Saints. This is just after a headline I saw on Niffle.com. Rob Ryan is still our defensive coordinator. <laughs> I guess he meant oh, as of that moment. <laughs> yeah. But apparently now Rob Ryan isn't a coach. He's a fat kid in dodgeball, which is to say he is out. Too, too strong? I don't know. Anyway, so at least well, at least now I might have time to get a haircut. Bazinga. Um, so I'll go ahead and ask, guys. Pop quiz. Rob Ryan on the street. A better move for the Saints defense. Weasel. Yeah, because they were terrible. And, uh, <laughs> T-R-B-L. It kind of, a lot of it reflects on your defensive coordinator. And uh, it's just, yeah, they're so bad that maybe time to go. So hopefully they have a... I think it would be maybe like an assistant, maybe an, a line offensive line, a defensive line coach, there or someone go. like that. But uh, whoever replaces them, I mean, maybe they can uh, fit the players to a uh, to a scheme that fits them. Could so, be interesting, Chris. Yeah, they, they get a little better. I mean, I don't, I don't know what growing up or something. Maybe he skipped the meetings with uh, with Rex Ryan and his dad, Buddy Ryan, talking about defensive play calling or whatever, because, I mean, this is the second stint that he's um, had problems with, with their defense. I mean, the first one was with the Cowboys. Like, he didn't last long there. And now, now here at the Saints, we're supposed to have this new, you know, defensive mentality, and they just – they're actually worse than they were, what, two, three years ago when they gave up the most yards hmm. ever. So what you're trying to say is Rob Ryan was sick the day they talked defense at defensive coaching school. Got it. Uh, I mean, I'll put it this way. The reason why the firing, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, is just exactly what we talked about. It's all these records all in a singular pack surrounding looking at the outside in, right? We saw, we said that five and four was uh, the low point in the AFC for um, the playoff picture. The floor for the playoffs in the NFC is five and five. So, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of pathetic. What call that what it is? Uh, well, actually, no, it's not the low point for the playoffs. That's the Giants record. Oops, <laughs> that's not the low point. They're the they're the fourth seed. The low point for the uh, for the playoffs right now is six and three, which at four and six, like the Saints are, they're only three games back. Okay, so may, that's why may, firing that coach might be a good idea to get a spark. Maybe they could get hot and sneak into the playoffs. Hey, really, I should think they'd be hoping for a draft pick to upgrade their defense. But, hey, that's a different topic for a different day. 
Here's another topic. The freaking Carolina Panthers, still undefeated, crushing the Tennessee Titans. Cam Newton, 21 for 26, 217 yards with a touchdown. And, of course, Jonathan Stewart in support, 22 for 91 with a touchdown. Um, the Titans, far less capable of running the football. Basically one long running play uh, that made the entire day look good with a 25-yard touchdown. Um, I'm not going to bother breaking down this game because it's the Titans. And, I mean, I like my, I like Mariota. I think he has a chance for success, but they need more. What do you got, Weasel? Nah, it's, it's, it's for later. I got gotcha. you. Okay, so no, I, I like that you're excited. That's my bad. Um, long story short, guys, uh, there was something about – people seem to have a problem with Cam Newton celebrating in the end zone. Um, his response is, if you don't like it, stop me. That's uh, Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Weasel's response, baller as bleep, and, and I agree. I think he's absolutely right. Because if you p- actually play defense, he wouldn't, <laughs> he wouldn't be able to get into the end zone, and then that means no celebration. Simple as that. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Stephen Weasel Hurley he's channeling he John would Madden. Get the end zone What's that? I said he's Cam Newton. Even if he played defense, he'd probably get in the end zone somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Reason why he was a student of the game, MVP. Actually, I believe that was a unanimous panel decision. And anybody who's trying to tell me Tom Brady is the MVP right now is just not watching the games. They're just not. Stick to basketball or baseball or something. Weasel. No, you hate it, but uh, offensive player of the year is a possibility with him. So I um, hate is strong. I just think that's a. I think that's a. I think that's a mail-in pick. Wait, offensive player of the year for Cam Newton or for Tom Brady? Uh, you just talked to uh, Tom Brady. Yeah. Well, check his numbers versus Carson Palmer's, and then we'll talk. That's right. Carson bleeping Palmer. Moving on. <laughs> Next on the list, uh, Steeler, or Browns, Steelers. Weasel. The Steelers at home defeated their division rival, the Browns, 30-9. to Steelers' third-year quarterback, Landry Jones, started the game so that Big Ben Roethlisberger could you know, rest his sprained left foot. Well, Jones was 3 of 4 for 23 yards. That is not Aaron Rodgers' numbers from the other week. Oh. This was this was uh, Landry Jones, just making sure everybody understands that. <laughs> but Jones did injure his left ankle four minutes into the game, so Big Ben took over, 22 of 33, 379 yards, three touchdowns, one INT, three with about 332 remaining in the half. Big Ben threw a four-yard touchdown pass to one Antonio Brown, he, and he also caught a two-point conversion. Uh, that put the Steelers up 14-3. to Brown did finish with 10 uh, catches for 139 yards and two touchdowns. Bing! Now, in the next drive, the Steelers recovered a lost fumble, but there were no more points on the board because the Browns' defense stopped them on a fourth and goal at the one. It's something for the Browns. I mean, uh, good I, job, no, guys. That is a moral victory. Yeah. And, and at one point, Martavis Bryant lost a fumble, too. So, woo, Browns, right? And the way you respond for the Browns is punting after a three and out. So, <laughs> with only 42 seconds remaining in the half, Big Ben threw a 32-yard touchdown to Martavis Bryant, who had six catches for 178 yards and a touchdown. Redeeming himself after said fumble, by the way. Yeah. Uh, fast forward to the fourth quarter. Where uh, after a 16-play drive, Browns quarterback Johnny Manziel Johnny Manziel threw a red zone interception at the goal line. Manziel was 33 of 45, 372 yards, one touchdown, one INT, sacked five times. Shortly after, Big Ben threw an interception that gave the Browns the ball back at the Steelers' 11 line, 11 yard line. So two plays later, Manziel threw a seven-yard touchdown 
pass to tight end Gary Barnridge. Uh, he finished the game. Six him, catches. Him again. Yeah. That's, that's his nickname, him again. Uh, six catches for 65 yards and a touchdown he finished with. Um, how many touchdowns does he have uh, for the for the year? I have lost count in all in all honesty. I do not have that in front of me. Any idea, Chris? Uh, that was his first touchdown pass, wasn't it? Oh, touchdown catch. Reception for for Barnridge? No, 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 no. Oh no, for Barnridge? Oh, I don't know. I thought you were talking about Manziel. I'm like, yeah, Manziel was like his first touchdown pass the other day. Well, no, that was uh, Barnridge. Uh, he has, I think he has. Was he have nine? Uh, he's got seven right now, and he's number three among tight ends. Uh, Gronk, I think, is the one that has nine, and uh, I forgot who's second, but number three is one, t- uh, Gary Barnridge, and his quarterbacks, McCown. And Manziel was pretty good. Hey, you know what, Chris? He'll get to nine by the end of the year. I'm cool with that. <laughs> and uh, this one, this one's for Chris. Browns kicker Travis Coons missed the extra point. Yeah. Now the score was 24 to nine Steelers. Last score of the game was a 56-yard touchdown reception by one Antonio Brown. Antonio. Brown. You got other notable players here. You got the Steelers running back, D'Angelo Williams. Uh, 17 rushes for 54 yards. Average. And you got uh, uh, Brown's wide receiver, Travis Benjamin. Seven catches for 113 yards. I'll put it this way. What you call average from D'Angelo Williams, I call balance. Yeah. Bingo. Anyways. You know, what I love is that the, the, <laughs> the Steelers called all those points. And we're still one for four in the red zone, but that's better than one for six because red zone stats. I don't know why those matter to me. I'm that guy. What can I say? Something else that mattered, even though the score doesn't look like it really should have, the Cowboys and the Bucks. Chris. In a non-offensive productive game, the Bucks scored a late touchdown to give the Cowboys their seventh loss of the season and seventh loss in a row. As the Bucks won ten to six, this was a bad Cowboys team without Romo, and the players even seem like they don't want to play either. Uh, the Cowboys had a shot at the end of the game, you know, to seal it as they were up six to three. Des Bryant dropped a third down pass, which went off his chest, and then when they were down ten to six, Castle threw a deep ball. Des Bryant and Des gave up on the ball. Uh, he was looking for the pass interference, and the Bucks safety came down with the ball in the back of the end zone to seal the victory. Um, really looked like Des Bryant was calling for a pass interference before the safety even caught the ball. It looked like he gave up completely, not even attempting to try to even catch the ball. I mean, you guys got anything to weigh on that catch? I mean, or that interception? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I don't necessarily feel like Bryant could have gotten there, but what I tend to notice is that if you make the effort. I mean, it seems to me you'd be more likely to get the call, right? Is that just me? Yeah, uh, I think uh, when you try to when you, whenever you get grabbed on like an offensive holding penalty, it's uh, you know I think it's like five yards or so. But with a pass interference, if the ball's in the air, um, you do whatever you can to get to the ball. Yeah. And a lot of times, uh, instead of like if someone like grabs your shirt, I think some players like Des would stop right there and say, you know, like start pointing at his Dude, jersey yeah. or something like that. Instead of fighting through the play, and uh, I mean, he's going to have Tony Romo back uh, supposedly for next week. But uh, the thing is, is that he's he's got to stop that kind of stuff. 
Um, so Well, and I don't even think that's a Des Bryant issue. I mean, we were talking about this a little bit up before the show, and you made the point that this is happening more and more with players in general. This isn't just Des Bryant. I mean, you know, I, I think the first player who I first started really noticing looking back after virtually every play for a flag was Wes Welker. I'd hate to call him out. I mean, Wes Welker's a favorite of this show back when he was a secret weapon in Miami. He, he throws his hands up in the air. Yeah, exactly. You know, but when he, when he, it's about the time he became a veteran, which also happened to be the time he was Wes the Weapon Welker in New England, and he did it some in Denver, obviously, you know, always waving his hands up. I mean, look, I'm all about campaigning for the flag, but I'm with Weasel here. You make the effort. If someone's pulling on your jersey, that tug gets a lot more obvious when you're actually trying to move. And not for nothing, I have what I would have to get out of a microscope to see the contact in place there. I don't know that that Bucks defender did anything more than try to tickle him with a feather. I don't know. Anybody know the uh, uh, the heights for the Bucks uh, like corners and stuff that Des Bryant would most likely go up against? Because uh, look, man, I don't care. I don't care if they're three foot two at this point. The way that that the, the lack of contact, in my opinion. It makes this more of a quit play than it is a matchup play. But I see where you're going. And if there was an actual effort there, all the more reason he should try hard. Yeah. Because he might be able to go up and get that and one. Yeah, you have flag, and I still caught it on you. Exactly. I don't know how a performer like Dez wouldn't be thirsty for such an opportunity. I hear you there. I, I, I like what you're doing there, Weasel. I'm going to go text, uh, or uh, I'm going to go tweet uh, uh, Dez Bryant, so... Uh... You know, give him like a little like motivation or something. Cause... Make sure, make sure you wrap it up with "Yeah, boy." Word. <laughs> Anything else, Chris? Uh, yeah. Um, that was Castle's only interception in the game. He ended 19 for 29 for 186 yards. Jameis Winston was 22 for 39 for 264 yards, but he had two interceptions. The last four games, he had no interceptions. This one, he had two. He also had the rushing touchdown to win the game. That was off of a bootleg. Um, Mike Evans, you know, the only receiver pretty much for the Bucks. Uh, he had eight catches for 126 yards. Both kickers in this game missed a field goal. You know, how much of an exciting game this was. I mean, it was 6-3 throughout the whole game. Oh, I got to do the music. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were missed field goals. They weren't, you know, extra points. They still missed field goals. Um, really, the Cowboys... The Cowboys are sitting at two and seven. And how bad the NFC East is? Could with Rumble coming back this week, could he give them the spark to make a late playoff push? I mean, they're only three games out of first place in the NFC East. Two and seven, literally the bottom of the conference. Like you don't get any lower than that. Like with what? What if you had a one and eight record though? More on that later. Two and seven, the bottom of the conference. Uh, and they're only three games out of their division. Let me add one more on there for you. For all intents and purposes, they're only four games out of the wild card. Okay? Uh, I, look, call me an optimist if you want. Optimist. But, but um, I can't help but think that there's at least a chance there. I mean, now, before we... Like, we were talking before the show. Weasel, give him the give him the theory you were talking about with Romo. What the other option would be, other than having him play and take a shot, had to get playoffs. The alternative is what? Oh, uh, it's a. I would say like you know, you're saying a, like a bench Romo for the season. Right. It's uh, I think with how bad though the NFC is, 
is that if you play them, they can maybe get a get a streak going. Okay. So uh, if uh, um, well, what, what what your theory was? What I'm trying to set up is there's another school of thought out there that says you bench Romo and keep him from getting hurt. He's got maybe one or two more years in him. Maybe you get something next year with this squad. And, you know, you also get a higher draft pick to find the heir apparent to the Romo regime. Um, but I'm with you. Uh, the way you put it precisely was this conference, this division, is that bad. And you're three games out of first. Two of your divisional games are the Redskins. Sounds like hope to me. Now, pop quiz. If the Cowboys lose one more game especially if it's a game to the Redskins, do they go the weasel strategy and sit Romo and get a better draft pick? Well, it's not necessarily about, you know, getting that better draft pick, but... Um, well, protect just, protect Romo and get a better draft yeah, pick. Because uh, Romo's 35, so That's right. he's got, like, I would say a couple years left in the tank. Right. So, but getting a getting a good rookie, like uh, maybe first half of the draft or maybe even, like, later on, them they would be able to get somebody because uh if romo goes down again do you want to see uh like a castle or anything like that do you want to see brandon whedon <laughs> i mean uh that's just my thought i don't know there's no there's no world beating quarterbacks that really make it worthwhile to chase either as as far as i'm aware chris what do you think um no i don't i don't think so so much because really i mean even if they lose another game a couple more, they'll, they'll probably still have like a top 10, top 15 pick yeah. um, this year. I don't think anyone, anyone this year coming out, I don't, I don't know. Um, maybe the running back out of Alabama, Henry, you can probably go after because uh, Ferret out of LSU is too young. He can't, he has to sit out with one more year. So, um, Really, really to go for it. There's, there's no one really. I don't think that this year would be to go for it. I mean, so. I mean, if Romo's capable enough. You know, if he, if he does get a little dinged up a little bit, yeah, maybe you might want to sit him just so he can rest a little more. But realistically, they still have a playoff shot. You know, they're losing the game. They, they still have a couple more division games left. So I wouldn't really say that sit them and you know try to take it for the season. I don't. I don't think. Um, I don't think Garrett or anyone else in that organization would want that. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a very Jerry Jonesian move uh, at all. I agree. So, anyways, with that, keeping it in the division, the Cowboys drop another game. The Eagles have a chance to extend their lead. Finns. Eagles. Chris. That, that wasn't me defending the Eagles. No. Well, Chris. That would, that would be you. Yeah, yeah. Wait, no. Yeah. Yeah, that would be you. <laughs> that took long enough to figure out. This is like, I, don't want, I don't want that crappy game. Like, what are you talking about defending the Eagles, huh? <laughs> Yeah, you can, you can, hey, look, it was a 20 to 19 thriller where the Finns actually won a game. Does this really sound like something we want to talk about? But we have to. Granted, Ryan Tannehill has continued to do well in my mind. I don't know why Dolphin fans hate on him, but hey, 21 for 36 with two touchdowns, I'll take it. 
doing an excellent job uh, of balance in the running game as well. Uh, uh, Jay Ajale, I think that's it. He's from London. New guy in the backfield. Bingo. Six carries, 48 yards. Of course, Lamar Miller, Weasel's favorite running back of all time. 16 carries, 43 yards. Six for 50 with a touchdown. Points for Weasel? Yeah, it's uh, some points, but... Some points, okay. Uh, DeMarco Murray uh, made an appearance as well for the Eagles. 22 carries, 61 yards. Six catches for 58 yards. Of course, it was Ryan Matthews that got a touchdown on the ground. He also led in receiving for the Eagles. Five catches for 93 yards. Not uh, an uplay, or not Ryan Matthews, I'm sorry. Rashad Matthews led receiving for the Dolphins. R. Matthews twice. Blew my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Five catches, 93 yards for the Dolphins. And, of course, uh, Jamon Landry had a touchdown catch on the day. Leading receiver for the Eagles was Brett Selleck. Four catches, 134 yards. And Zach Ertz, of course, number two there. Another tight end. I mentioned the tight ends here. Seven catches for 68 yards. Um, this, uh, yeah, notice something. Go ahead. Okay, so you're in, in the receiving game. You have both tight ends, yep. number one and two. Yep. Then you have three and four are running backs. Yep. And then five is the rookie, uh, Aguilar. Three three catches for 32 yards. So, so. Here, here's my whole thing. Sam Bradford is trying to be the new king of the check down. And his campaign to do so going 19 for 25 with 236 yards and a touchdown abruptly interrupted Mark Sanchez having to come in to replace Bradford with an injured shoulder, 14 for 23, 156 yards, and an interception, unable to get enough momentum. The Finns win the game. The Eagles, well, I mean, you have to be trying to keep pace with the Giants, and they might have missed an opportunity this week. The Giants had a big game in the Patriots that we'll talk about the later, and, and they missed a missed opportunity for the Eagles, right? I mean... Yeah, go ahead, Weasel. Yeah, well, uh, pretty much the situation around uh, Sanchez's interception was was that there was a, about 432 remaining in the game. Uh, Miami had a second and nine at the nine-yard line. Red zone. And so uh, um, his pass, uh, I don't think it was tipped or anything. It was just uh, flat-out intercepted, and uh, the guy ran it out to about the four-yard line, and uh, uh, that pretty much you know sunk him because uh, I think they were only down, what is it? They were only down, like, as a point. So Yeah. But that's that. Boom. There you go. So, as close games go, there were more. Jaguars, Ravens. Chris. And don't try yeah, to tell me you Ravens didn't have that game. Gave the, game. <laughs> the, the Ravens gave the game to the Jags to continue their slide with a 22-20 to 20 loss. With time running out and the Jags down 20-19, Orioles completed the pass in the middle of the field and hurried to the line and snapped the ball just in time. Bortles fell down, eventually get up, and Ravens linebacker Elvis Doomerville sacked Bortles, game over. But wait, a penalty flag, face mask on Doomerville, moved the ball 15 yards closer and in the field goal range, and the Jags had one final uh, non-timed down. And in came Jags kicker Jason Myers, who shanked a 26-yarder earlier in the game, kicked a game-winning 53-yard field goal. Bortles having another bad week, 22 for 45, 108 yards, two touchdowns and interception. Allen Hearns and Allen Robinson both had touchdown catches. For the Ravens, Kyle's most overrated QB, Joe Flacco, was 34 for 45, <laughs> 316 yards, three touchdowns. 
But he also had three turnovers of his own, all in the second half, two interceptions and a lost fumble. Tight ends Crockett Gilmore and Max Williams and wide receiver Chris Gibbons each had a touchdown catch for the Ravens. Difference in the game was poor turnovers, four for the Ravens, one for the Jags. Also penalties. The Ravens were had nine penalties for 121 yards, as the Jags only had four for 30. You know, for my money, the way it worked out with the Jaguars winning this game, they needed the game more. They could still actually compete for a playoff spot. And, the, uh, go ahead. Yeah, oh, go ahead. I was uh, going to go over the records, but yeah, you got Yeah, it. compete for a playoff spot uh, with the Colts. who are, They're only one game back in the overall record, but the Colts currently hold a tiebreak based on division record. In a current head-to-head, I think they have another game against one another still. Um, but yeah, the Jags in the putrid... AFC South, which I mean, hey, for all, hey, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw a six and ten come out of that division as the winner. I mean, look at it. I dare yeah, you. It's it's possible. It's infuriating, is what it is. But that's a whole lot of bad that still has to happen. I feel I still feel safe for now. Uh, I mean, whew. yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But it it, it 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 I can't rule it out either. Anyways, uh, the Ravens, however are better than their draft potential. And who knows, maybe the fall of Flacco is upon us, but I doubt it. Uh, yeah. So, that's fun. <laughs> Not really. Uh, what else might have been fun if you happen to be a Bears fan this week? <laughs> Bears, Rams, Weasel. The Bears on the road crushed the Rams 37-13. to the Rams took the opening drive seven plays to get a six-yard touchdown run by Rams rookie running back Todd Gurley. He is not the Gurley man. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> for the day, he had 12 rushes for only 45 yards and a touchdown. Also, uh, three catches for 44 yards. You got Rams quarterback Nick Foles, who was 17 of 36, 200 yards, one INT, and was sacked once. So a couple plays later, the Bears answered with an 87-yard touchdown by tight end Zach Miller. Uh, Bears quarterback Jay Cutler was 19 of 24, 258 yards, three touchdowns, no INTs, sacked twice. Wait, how many INTs? Zero. Wow. Yeah. Mind blown. You got to enjoy it while you can, I'm <laughs> telling you. Uh, next drive, the, the Bears punt returner, Mark Mar- Mariani, uh, muffed a punt that was recovered by the Rams. That led to a Rams kicker, Greg Zerline, making a 26-yard field goal. Oh, sure, he makes that one. Yeah. <laughs> Late in the first quarter, Rams running back Trey Mason fumbled on a run that was recovered by the Bears at the, the Rams' 19-yard line. Three and out resulted, and then Bears' Robbie Gold did get a 35-yard field goal to tie the game at 10-all. So, second quarter, you got tight end Zach Miller scoring again, this time on a two-yard touchdown. Uh, finished with five catches for 107 yards and two touchdowns. Um, after yet another three and out by the Rams, Cutler found rookie running back. You got to listen to this guy. Uh... Jeremy Langford. Langford. He took a Say, sh- why is he significant? Well, he took a short pass, 83 yards for a touchdown. He is in for the injured uh, Matt Forte. There you go. And he also rushed for 20 times for 73 yards and a touchdown. Um, in addition, he had seven catches for 109 yards and a touchdown. The score at halftime was 24 to 10. In the second half, the Rams only scored by a 38-yard field goal. Robbie Gold did hit field goals of 37 and 36 yards. With five minutes remaining, Lanford ran in for a six-yard touchdown run that put the game way out of reach. Yeah. A score is 37-13, to 13, the final. So, anything else? Uh, 
I just have this question. Now, is Bears running back Jeremy Langford the real deal? Okay. It's we don't have much to look off him, but yeah. whenever you got plays like players like what's Jonas Gray from la- I think it was last year, four touchdowns for the Patriots, and then the next week two hundred and something stupid yards. Yeah. Next week nothing. So yeah. But is uh, will this guy stick? I mean, do I think Ryan Lanford will make it to meetings? That's fine. Let me ask you a question, Weasel. The Rams losing to the Bears this week after what they did to the Vikings last week. Poetic justice. Yeah. Yeah. Got crushed too. So. <laughs> See, I got you. Weez, weez. Yeah, boy. You're trying to be humble. Whatever. I don't need that. Gotcha. Hit him with your best shot. Fire away. <laughs> That's right. I'm not going to play that over the break again, but I just wanted to mention it. Um, you know what? With that, let's go ahead and hit the break. You're listening to the NGSC Sports. This is the student of the game. You know, I thought the equalizer was a good one to come back with um, because of what we have here in the next game. The NFC West is, is has basically become a very competitive division, I dare say, you know, except for the 49ers. They kind of suck this year. But the Cardinals and the Seahawks, the top two teams in the division, battling it out. Look, I'm not necessarily uh, thinking the Haw- Seahawks are a good team per se this year, but they're doing enough to stay around. Only two games behind the Cardinals going into this game. Well, and maybe if they didn't shoot themselves in the foot, giving up 22 points in the second quarter, they might have had a better shot to win as the game ended 39-32. to At one point, the Seahawks even had the lead in this game after getting two defensive touchdowns. Yeah, I know that one of them was a score by Marshawn Lynch from like three yards out. But one was a fumble recovery, return for a touchdown, and one was a fumble recovery that led to the touchdown. Definitely saw that right tackle. Check that. Left tackle. Give it up a little bit too much ground on occasion. A lot of time Carson Palmer had to step into the pocket. But at the end of the day, the defense for the Seahawks did their job. 14 for 32, 240 with a touchdown and an interception and a fumble in the end zone, which is all, which is like a distant cousin of the butt fumble to lead to a safety. That was your night for one Russell Wilson, the new most overrated quarterback in the NFL, the one not named Joe Flacco, right? <laughs> is that how I should put it, Weasel? I don't know. Anyway, so um, Palmer's two, uh, two fumbles. Uh, he also had an interception as well. But through 363 and three touchdowns as well, 29 for 48 on the night. Um, as balance goes, other than the one run for a touchdown that Andre Elton had to decide the game, they didn't have a whole lot of running on offense as well. CJ, well, 1.5K, because I don't think he's CJ 2K anymore. Of course, I refer to Chris Johnson. Had 25 carries for 59. Just not a whole lot of running there that you would expect. But hey, if it's the Cardinals, they're not running the football first. <laughs> I mean... 
Why would you when you have Michael Floyd, seven catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown, and Larry Fitzgerald, 10 catches, 130 yards. New acquisition at tight end, Jermaine Gresham, also good for a touchdown. Give credit to the Seahawks. Uh, Doug Baldwin had more than half of the receiving yards in the passing game, seven catches for 130 yards, for 34 yards, and a touchdown. Seahawks only converting one third down on the night. Notice how the passing stats are awful for the Seahawks, but it's the offensive line's fault. I'm just saying. I mean, yeah. So, guys, uh, I'm going to put it point blank. The Cardinals, currently the best team in the NFC. Yes or no? Weasel. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. In the whole NFC. The whole NFC. Ah. I think the Panthers uh, can have a say in that. Okay. So I, I, and, I'm asking. And Homer Wise, whatever, five-game winning streak, the Vikings are in the picture. Oh, snap. So, Look what he results, told you. Results. That's what, that's what I'm talking about here. Oh, right, because, you know, the Cardinals haven't, haven't gotten results yeah. themselves. No, I'm just saying they're in the conversation. Ah, so. okay. Hey, and you know what, Weasel? I give you credit. Weasel Weasel. Yeah, boy. Chris Rankin, <laughs> the... Uh, the Cardinals, are they your top team? Um, well, right now, I, I think you'd have to give it to the Panthers. Um, I'm just looking. I know they have two losses. I'm looking at the two losses that they had. Um, one was, you know, it was a close game to the Rams, which, you know, the Rams play pretty well on some teams, and they, you know, forget to show up on others. And then the other one, they lost to Pittsburgh. So, you know, yeah, I'd still say right now because the Panthers are undefeated. I'd say Panthers, but, you know, they're, they're close second. Undefeated. Whatevs. How much an all-around team there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would still pick the pinch at this point myself. I just want to see the picture. But look at Weasel squeezing in his Vikings in the number three slot. And you know what I can say about it? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I cannot play the fifth. I have to answer this question. See, because the Vikings aren't fifth anymore, right? Weasel? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, boy. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I have a question. Oh, that's why he's about to hit me. He's checking stats. Go, Weasel. Okay. Through, let's see, for the NFC, um, what team leads the, uh, at least the NFC, in points allowed? In points? Lowest points allowed. Oh, in, okay. So the lowest points allowed, they're... They're best at preventing teams from scoring in the NFC. Yeah, I'll have to. I, I believe that would be your Carolina Panthers, would it not? Uh, 175 no, points. No, they'd be the long. Vikings. 154 points. Way to ruin the skit, Chris. <laughs> Good job. People bringing it up and going homer. It's the Vikings. Hey. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I, I know I'm just that. going through the stats. You know that. I know that. Do we have to ruin it for the audience? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, but that's right. I, I, I see. I'm gonna look it up on YouTube just so I can play it now. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. Speaking of things, hey, hey Weasel, who's, who's, who's the number eleventh with most points scored? With uh, w- what team? The NFC. The Panthers. I guess that would be the Cardinals. <laughs> in the NFC, who's number eleventh most points scored in the NFC? That's eleven out of sixteen, is what he's trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Uh, under 98 points for the Vikings to 302 by the Cardinals. That's pretty. I mean, I'll say that's I'll, a big difference. I'll say this, though, Chris. Um, when you have a run first offense, as the Vikings do, you're not going to be one of the top teams in scoring necessarily. So, you know, 
Hey, we called this team out earlier in the preseason. I had them making the playoffs. I don't remember if you did or not. I think you did. Um, but we put them there on the strength of their defense and their ability to control the football, not to score it. But if you were just talking smack on Weasel, that's cool too. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, here's another game I have to talk about just because I put this at this spot in the schedule just because it was more for talking points than it was the actual game. Uh, the Chiefs dominate the Broncos 29-13. Um, to 13. What did he do? Alex Smith, king of the check down. 17 for 31, 204 yards with a touchdown. But Peyton Manning, 5 for 20. Okay. <laughs> for 24 yards and four interceptions. We, of course, did see Brock Osweiler. I got this. Okay. He's been Sorry to in advance to Peyton Manning fans. It is time to retire. Damn. <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't make it nice by saying Brock Osweiler's playing now. You had to go right to the retire that guy's line. Six eight. That's ridiculous. <laughs> just saying. Covering up the fact that he just burned Peyton Manning. That guy's six eight. Whoa. <laughs> The the problem with the problem problem yesterday for Manning was it was the high pitch Peyton Manning that was playing. Oh, <laughs> he does not have direct uh, yes. TV. Direct TV commercials, uh, like it. I like it. Anyways, uh, here's your homework assignment, guys. Okay, I you you each of us pretend to have. Well, actually, Weasel actually has direct TV. I want you to come up with the alter ego in that commercial commercial for yourself, Weasel, that has cable instead. I expect that next week. For me? For you? I'll see what I can do. Okay. Like it could be like you know, <laughs> I, I'm Stephen Weasel Hurley and I have Direct TV. Yeah, boy, and I'm Vikings fan. We, <laughs> I can't make that joke anymore. I it's not fair. I got you. But you see what I, I can do it, and I'm Niners fan Kyle, and I have <laughs> cable. It's not fair. Okay. Um, what else isn't fair? Tarkandrick West. He's doing well replacing Jamal Charles. Guess how many he, running yards he had? Ah. Uh... He had a good amount. Uh, Here, I I'd say about one, All right. 120. All right. Oh, yeah, 69. Boom. Okay. So. All right. <laughs> you were saying, Weasel? Nah, he's a uh, – the thing is, when you're going to the stats, you're going up against a Broncos defense, which is tops, uh, one of the top ones in the NFL. That is correct. No, so. granted, a little bit handicapped with a lot of the unfortunate turnovers. Again, four interceptions by Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's on the bench. There, you have it. Yeah, that one worked too. Okay. Weave the weave. Yeah, boy. Uh, Brock Osweiler. <laughs> uh, here's the question for next week, or actually for the rest of the Broncos season, depending on how you look at it. I They are playing the Bears next week. Do you put stock in Brock? Oh, I'd have to I'd have to look up his uh his contract because I think he's been on. What the, the hell does his contract have to do with playing against the Bears? Well, what I, I was I was talking like. Long term. I was thinking, okay. yeah, long term, like uh, towards next year. I'm willing to bet but you're not going to have a whole lot of obstructions in his contract as far as his money. If they want him, they'll keep him. Exactly. Bingo. So. Uh, Chris, do you put stock in Brock? Osweiler. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's too hard to tell right now because we haven't really seen him play in any, any, any games, really. We have not. So, I mean, so... Right now, no, but he does, you know, he's been picking in his backup for the last, what, three years? I'm pretty so, sure I've lost count. Um, he should have He should have learned a lot in that time. I mean, it is a new offense this year, but right now, I'd say no. Next week, maybe might be a little different, but right now, I'd say no. 
actually, this gave me a thought. Um, Peyton Manning, when, whenever he does retire, most likely he'll be this, at the end of this year. Um, As we said. He would be an excellent, uh, I would say, maybe like not offensive coordinator, but, you know, quarterback, quarterback's coach or something like that. And if Brock, Weiler, Brock Osweiler, if he's winning, um, he's going to have Peyton Manning at his side. And I think, uh, I think many people say, like, Peyton Manning's like, you know, he's uh, he would be a great teacher and uh, that he should, you know, do something like with coaching. But I'm just saying that he could learn a lot from Peyton Manning being the starter because the defense still is playing well. Chiefs, they didn't – I mean, they held him off. I think it was like 22 zip or so. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, it could be a learning experience for for Brock to find out if he is the guy that you want to keep because it was the – what year was it they picked him? They It was the year they got Manning, and then th- that year they spent a second-round pick the on Brock they got Osweiler. Manning in a trade, right. So that would have been 2011. Yeah, so – um, or ten. So he's been. 11. He's got a lot of time still to to learn from Manning. So. So yeah, this is Osweiler's fourth uh, fourth year, if I'm right, with Os, uh, Osweiler in at 2011. But I say all that to say, in a twist of fate, we're talking about him getting replaced and all this. Peyton Manning, by the way, now your official record holder for career passing yards. Hey, at least it's not Brett Favre anymore. <laughs> Moving on. Uh oh, look, I mentioned Brett Favre. I move over to the Lions and Packers. We win. Prior to this game, the Packers had a 24-game winning streak at home against the Lions, which started in 1991. Well, that streak is over, as the Lions defeated the Packers 18-16 to in Lambeau, and the Lions were doing everything they could to lose this game. <laughs> it uh, did look like that, didn't it? Yeah. So Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers was 35 of 61. 333 yards, two touchdowns, sacked three times. So wait, he wasn't 35 of 36. He was 35 of 661. Yes. I see. That's a lot less good. And uh, <laughs> running back A.D. Lacey, inactive for the game. So James Starks got the start. 15 carries, 42 yards. You got wide receiver Devontae Adams, 10 catches for 79 yards. Tight ends Justin Perillo and Richard Rogers each had touchdown receptions. Here's a um, that you don't usually hear. Punter Tim Mastay. Nine punts. That's a lot. Uh, kicker Mason Crosby was one of two on field goals. On the line side, Matthew Stafford, 24 of 38, 242 yards, two touchdown, one INT, not sacked. Calvin Johnson, a.k.a. Megatron, six catches, 81 yards, but he had one costly drop. More on that later. Uh, By the way, the same thing you uh, put, uh, Greg, uh, Greg Zerline was okay for missing that kick against the Vikings from 61. Yeah. Crosby also kicking one of similar length in the final seconds yeah. to allow uh, the Lions to proceed with a victory in this game. Yeah. I just, you know, you've given Zerline a hard time last week. I thought it was only fair I to, got you. you know, cut so, Crosby a slack. So uh, wide receiver Lance Moore and tight end Brandon Pettigrew, each at touchdown receptions. Punter Sam Martin, seven punts. Uh, to start the second half, Lions rookie running back slash kick returner Amir Abdullah ran back the kickoff 104 yards to the Packers one, and that set up a two-yard touchdown pass to Brandon Pettigrew. This one's for Chris. Prater then missed the extra point. Why is it for Chris? I'm the one that's got to play the music. <laughs> so late. Oh, perfect. Later, the Lions scored another touchdown with only two minutes remaining in the game. So what does Prater do? He misses another extra point. I can't play the music again. It's already going. It is going. <laughs> So, due to those two missed extra points, uh, the score was then 18-10 to 10 Lions, which made it a one-possession ball game. 
Got something, Chris? No, I was going to say, what was the score at that time after the second one? It was uh, 18 to 10. So with one point, you. one of the two extra points, two possession ball game, not so much. <laughs> so with two minutes remaining, Aaron Rodgers led an eight-play drive that ended with an 11-yard touchdown pass to one tight end Perillo. But the Packers ended up missing the two-point conversion, big thing, which would have uh, tied the game at 18-all. 18-16, to 16, Lions lead. With only 32 seconds remaining, onside kick was directed to Megatron, which many say has the best hands in the NFL. Well, he mega-failed muffing it, which gave the ball back to the Packers near midfield. Hey, hey Weasel, would you say that he transformed it into a chance for the Packers to win? That's too much. Ah! Uh, <laughs> uh, Rogers drove, uh, drives to the 34-yard line to give Packers kicker Mason Crosby a 52-yard field goal for the win. Uh, Crosby shanked it to the right, unblocked, nowhere near the goalpost. Oh, so, that's why it's too much, because they didn't win. Yeah, right, they didn't bad. win. So, <laughs> With all the mistakes that the Lions had, it's like... They were trying to give the Packers a win, but uh, the Packers are on a three-game losing streak. On paper, Rodgers had a good game, throwing 333 yards and two touchdowns. Though, I don't know if you all saw the game, he was off on many of his passes. So what's going on with him and the offense? Because the other week, I think he would have had 70 yards or so, and uh, um, it's three games in a row. Just a couple thoughts would be something about Jordy Nelson. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Jordy Nelson's obviously a big part of it because he's very talented. Let's not be stupid. But Randall Cobb's also playing hurt. James Jones, we haven't seen him do anything lately. I don't know what the deal is there. Uh, Devontae Adams has not been uh, uh, to speed as well. I don't know where they're at. Um, it also seems to me that somehow or another, the the O-line, which has been mediocre for years and gotten way too much credit because Roger makes them look good, is faltering as well. I'm not going to put this all just on Rodgers. 35 for 61, honestly, is a pretty good stat line. Now, granted, most of that was in the later part of the game when they were trying to make that comeback happen, but the point was that comeback was happening, and that was happening because of Rodgers. I'm not going to be Skip Bayless and blame him. What I do notice is, say, you mentioned Eddie Lacy was missing. I'm not going to make you answer it because I'm not going to make you answer it because I, I have it in front of me. But what was it, 17 total attempts running the football, something like that? Yep, and throughout the game, the uh, the score, I believe it was like uh, they were down by six, they were down by three. Right. And uh, so it's not like in the, like, by after halftime, it's not like they had like a 14 points they had to make up. Right. A lot of it was a, still a one-possession game, like, oh, first three quarters. Okay, so the score was, at the end of the third quarter, nine to three. So that tells you that giving up the giving up the run, you know, kind of early. I know Starks, he does have his ups and downs, but I don't know for, for everybody else this was a stout run defense by the Lions. Or, or, or a stout run defense? Heck, you got to try it before you know. I mean, come on. At this point, at some point in the game, they're sitting back knowing they're, they're going to throw the damn ball, okay? Play action isn't going to work in this game where you run 78 plays and 61 of them is a pass, okay? You're not fooling anybody. So... Where I, mean, where I am with this is the one knock on the Packers' offense pre-Eddie Lacy was a lack of running support. And all we're seeing is that happening again. Everybody just forgot because Eddie Lacy's been here a few years. Remember, that all this is is that Packers squad didn't have Eddie Lacy. Bottom line. Now, are they going to miss the playoffs? Probably not. But... Yeah, that NFC North, 
Very interesting. More on that in the study hall because I have a pretty good breakdown. I, I would think I have a pretty good breakdown of that. Final game from Sunday, Patriots, Giants. Chris. Yeah, I would, I'm just going to say this right now. The Patriots did not win the game. The Giants lost the game. <laughs> with the first and goal with just over two two minutes and four seconds, with just two minutes and four seconds remaining, down 24-23, and, that the, Patriot, uh, and the Patriots only had one timeout. The Giants elect to throw the ball on first down to, Beck, to Odell Beckham Jr. in the end zone. He caught the ball, had both feet down, but the ball was knocked out of his hands. Hit the Jim. originally called it a touchdown. Who's reviewed it said it was an incomplete pass. So, wait. So, you're knocking a first down call where it successfully scored the touchdown if, as Weasel put it, Beckham hit the gym. I don't know, man. Looks yes, to be I'm like still, the- I'm, still, I'm, I'm still knocking at a two o four because two minutes and four seconds. Patriots have one timeout left. You run the ball, yeah, you get a couple seconds. The Patriots gonna waste their timeout. Now it's an incomplete pass. They still have the timeout. Right, and Belichick knows that too, and he knows you should run the ball, which is why it worked. I, 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 look, I hear where you're coming from, and from the textbook, you're absolutely correct, Chris, except for one problem. If the player executed what he was supposed to do, the coach is smart for fooling Belichick. I'm so I, I'm just saying. They're, they're, See, go ahead. This, this, this play would have been better on second down. First down, you should have ran the ball. You knew they were going to do it. You know, even though, I mean, where the ball was, even a QB sneak or something. You know, I mean, yeah, he would use his timeout there. Then you had the two minute warning. That's when he threw the ball to the two minute warning. Then your next one. On third down, um, because really on second down, uh, you know, because the play was stopped at 201. Giants ran another pass play because it doesn't matter there with 201 because it was stopped after that incomplete pass to Odell Beckham. Um, their second down pass play was incomplete. So yeah. third down, Eli rolled out, didn't see anything there, so he slides, and the Patriots used their final timeout. The Giants kick the field goal to go up 26-24. And then they give Brady the ball back with a minute 48 remaining on the clock. Um, on the very first play for the Patriots, Brady throws the down, ball down the middle of the field, and rookie safety Collins should have intercepted the ball, but as he went to the ground, he kind of turned to his side, and the ball popped out, so it was incomplete. Yeah, he landed right on his elbow. I mean, that's a tough play. Um, Landry Collins had a shot at it. Definitely a, de- a deciding factor in the game, without question. Kind of like when the Niners should have beaten yeah. the Giants and they dropped an interception. Same thing. Hashtag bitter. <laughs> right. So then, so then three three plays later on a fourth and ten, the Giants gave a gave up a pass, which linebacker was like 15 yards down the field, so they're trying to protect the sticks. And then a couple, even a couple plays later, Giants defender, you know, the refs missed a holding call. The Giants defender went past the offensive line and got course collared. And then the Patriots ended up winning, kicking a field goal to win 27 to 26 to stay undefeated. You know, what I thought was funny, too, that last pass they caught <clears throat> to Amendola before the kick, he put a little shimmy move on the linebacker. Um, and that four or five extra yards he gained, I think, made the difference between Koskowski having a clear shot 
and having one that may not have been makeable. Um, you know, I, I, and I'll say this too. Uh, going back to the uh, red zone uh, effort at the end of the game by the Giants, the first pass, you and I may not agree, especially considering the fact that the call Coughlin made worked and was called a touchdown on the field until the review happened. Um, the second pass was absolutely just just fundamentally stupid, just without a question. I, I, I agree with you on that. Um, yeah, he was – He was. I mean, the tight end was wide open on that second down play. But, yeah, that was a, that was a different play that they um, – earlier in the game. It was so, a different touchdown. I think they scored – or they might have kicked the field goal on. And not for anyway, nothing. Brady, Brady finished – yeah, not for nothing. But um, yeah, those, those plays right there. I mean, that, those plays right there. It was just that that series right there is what cost the Giants the game. Well, I mean, Manning did what he needed to. You know, he he slid down so that the Patriots had to use their final timeout. But if you would have ran the ball on first down, the Patriots would have had to make a decision. Okay, let's use the timeout now. We'll get second play, third down. You know, they roll the clock all the way down to, you know we'll get the ball back with a minute 20 left. I mean, you know, or a minute 15 left, which is less time. I get the time breakdown and how, look, I mean, this is a Giants fan thing. And yeah, I'm doing that to you. I'm going homer on you. The Giants fan thing to blame Tom, uh, Tom Coughlin and, and clock management. And there is an element of that here. But yo, if it wasn't for people trying to arm tackle Rob Gronkowski to allow for him to go 73 yards, this isn't even a discussion, right? Yeah, that's right. And then once he did arm tackle him, he did pick out the other safety that probably could have caught Gronkowski. Well, we say arm tackle. It was really more like an arm attempt. Because you're not going to do that to Gronk, the Patriots MVP. I said it. Anyways. Like, the best the best thing about Gronk... Yeah, Brady, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was saying Brady, Brady finished the day 26 for 42 for 334 yards with two touchdowns at INT, and they lost fumble. Um, Eli, 24 for 44, 361 yards with two touchdowns and a loss from also. LeGarrette Blunt had a touchdown run. Um, Gronk, you know, had a 76-yard touchdown catch he had, but most of the day he was kept in check. I mean, he only had five catches. He had a total of five catches for 113 yards. So, I mean, you take out that 76, and that was, what, 47 yards, four catches, 47 yards? I mean, that was only four catches for Gronk. I mean, five for the day. Yeah. I mean, that's as many yards as Des Bryant had in the Bucks game. Just saying. All right. Dan Amendola had 10 for 79 for the Giants. Odell Beckham Jr. had four receptions for 104 yards, but 87 of them came on the Giants' first play of the, um, of the game for a touchdown. Um, and then Dwayne Harris had six for 82 with a touchdown. But really, I mean, we can go back to that red zone with the Giants. I mean, red zone has been the Giants, you know, thorn in their side as they were one for five in this game to the Patriots God. two for four, wow. which actually one of those misses of the Patriots was the interception on the goal line. But, I mean, one for five, you just score one more of those red zone attempts for a touchdown and you had four points onto that and it would have won the game. Yeah. If it was one of the ones previous to the last one, even let's call it, let's say we'll take the last one out and they say that they're one for four leading up to that play. Uh, then it doesn't even come down to clock management. Hell, the, the, the Giants probably run all three of them just to run the dang clock off. 
you know? But, hey, I, I, I can't stress enough the stupidity of arm tackling Rob Gronkowski. Um, I mean, Julian Edelman left the game early. What else is left on that field? You're that worried about Amendola and LaFell? Really? Bueller? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, and LaFell had a long touchdown, I mean, a long reception, too. I mean, I was on the same series that Brady threw the interception on the, uh, in the end zone. That went right through the corner's hand. Correct. That should have been a pick. In the LaFell, it hit LaFell, and he's like, oh, look, I caught the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, you know I, I'll put it this way: the uh, the previous play to the touchdown in the red zone by the Giants was a, actually an egregious mistake by the center who basically leg tackled the defensive tackle. Rob Gronkowski cleared out the entire right side of that line for a run by Legarrette Blunt. Blunt didn't smoke anybody. That whole side got obliterated by Gronk, and it's called back because of that hold leading to the interception in the red zone. I mean, overall, good defense. The Giants played better defense in this game than any. And they may be a little bit more hyped because, you know, the Patriots. Um, a lot of teams are. Um, but, man, it, it's hard for me to put it just on clock management. And I think you'll agree with me when I say the Giants left entirely too many opportunities on the field and gave too many to the Patriots. They, I mean, they've been doing that on most of their losses this year. I mean, against the oh, yeah. against the Falcons, which they were they were leading the Cowboys against the Eagles, the game they lost. I mean, they had four or five turnovers in the Eagles game, and they can't do anything off of turnovers. And that's that's hurting them on the year. I mean, they lead the league in takeaways right now. How bad their secondary is? They lead the league in takeaways. It's a hell of a note. Of course, you know, not everybody gets a chance to play Sam Bradford. And uh, Matt Castle on their schedule. I'm just saying. Uh, anyways, and now Raiders Vikings Weasel. In a battle between two of the top quarterbacks in last year's draft, the Vikings on the road defeated the Raiders 30 to 14 last week. Vikings quarterback Teddy Bridgewater got a concussion against the Rams. He passed the NFL concussion protocol. So he was cleared to play just after one week. So you're a little suspicious of that, right? No, it's people do return after a week. It's just, uh, it's just, it's weird how you can have like, uh, like I don't know, uh, Carlos Williams from the Bills. Correct. I don't know his history with concussions or anything, but he was out for five about like weeks. four weeks. Yeah, four or five weeks. You're right. Yeah. So, but Bridgewater, I guess, uh. You know, they after a week they said, "Yeah, you're good." It's tricky. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not trying to call foul play. It's just, it's tricky how that works. But please continue. Yeah, the whole concussion thing—that's a whole different art, uh, discussion. But uh, in the first drive of the game, Bridgewater threw an 11-yard touchdown to tight end Rhett Ellison. Bridgewater was 14 of 22, 140 yards, one touchdown, sacked four times. With only four minutes remaining in the half, Raiders Derek Carr was intercepted by 13-year veteran cornerback Terrence Newman. Okay, Weasel, what's his actual name? DC4. DC4, <laughs> that's not bad. So uh, uh, that resulted in a 20-yard field goal by Vikings kicker Blair Walsh. An additional field goal, a 38-yarder, extended the lead to 13-zip. Uh, Card did finish 29-33, 302 yards, two touchdowns, two INTs. With uh, six minutes remaining in the half, Carr got the Raiders in the scoreboard with a 10-yard touchdown reception by tight end Clive Wallard. In the next drive, Carr threw another touchdown, this one to 
wide receiver Andre Holmes. So the crowd, the crowd, I think they're up by one, 14-13. Must be like all pumped up. And, and then you have the kickoff. Uh, <laughs> Vikings kickoff returner Cordero Patterson. Who is this young man? <laughs> well, why they, they they did one of the like a squib kind of line drive kicks. I don't get it because uh, he quieted the crowd with a 93-yard touchdown return. He, you can kick. He's the thing about him, wide receiver. I don't know, but he's a good kickoff returner. Yeah. And when you got a guy like Sebastian Janikowski, he can kick it pretty much out of the stadium. Trade so w- why they didn't do that? <laughs> why they didn't do that? I have no idea. I don't either. I I never understood the squib kick myself. I'll be yeah. honest with you. So with only forty three three forty three remaining, Cart put together an eight play drive that took him to the Vikings eleven yard line red zone. <laughs> Car was intercepted by Terrence Newman again. This one for a touchback. So the first play after that, oh, yeah, got to mention this guy. Vikings running back Adrian Peterson. Why? He's not important. 80-yard <laughs> touchdown run. Bing! He finished 26 rushes for 203 yards and a touchdown. Notable player, you got Rakers rookie wide receiver Amari Cooper. Five catches for 79 yards. Carter Cooper combo. <laughs> so with the you got the Packers on a uh, three-game losing streak. You got the Vikings now on a five-game winning streak. Bing! Are the Packers dethroned by the Vikings? First of all, I'm very proud of myself that I managed to pass uh, an opportunity, or, or rather, got an opportunity to still use the fifth for the Vikings because they're no longer fifth in the conference, but they have their fifth win in a row. Mm-hmm. With which. Yeah, boy. <laughs> but um, look, man, I'm going to talk more about it in the, uh, in the study hall, but I think the Vikings have a really good shot next week. To really make a statement in the NFC North. Chris, Vikings, I mean, is it time to take them seriously? Yeah, I mean, they, they got their running game back, which is taking the pressure off of Bridgewater. I mean, they didn't really have much last year for them. They put a lot on them. Um, yeah, so with with that, I mean, they they are playing better. I mean, their defense is playing better, which I expected yes. them to do as well. Well, but when you have a good running game, your defense isn't much out there either. So I mean, that kind of helps. Yeah, I I agree with that. And and you know, look, stopping uh, Derek Carr isn't something everybody in the league has done. Uh, the Carter Cooper combo is formidable. Weasel. Yeah. Um, I I won't look it up. I remember reading. It. I think he has for the year twenty one touchdowns and uh, six ints. Uh, those numbers right there. You're right with uh, like uh, Rogers. You're there with Brady, Carson Palmer, right. the top ones in the in the, uh, and he was in the like at least with touchdowns and interception like the ratio top six going into this week. Brady had twenty. Yeah, but the thing so. was is after getting four touchdowns, three touchdowns through many games, Carr did only he only had two touchdowns this game. So. Fire him. I know, right? What a fire him. <laughs> so at, props to the Vikings who, and I'll mention this stat. As you just did, best team preventing opponents from scoring in the NFC. Boom. So with that, study hall. I like how you're bobbing your head. Yay, it's the roundup music. Yeah. All ready for it. Boom. Uh, so, Chris, how'd it go this week? I did horrible thanks, thanks to the Jets, the Packers, and the Cowboys. <laughs> I'm creeping on! <laughs> Uh, so um, there's not any lead changes or anything like that because you were up entirely too many games. But um, what are we? Uh, what no, are we... no, I was five. I was five and eight. 
I was five and eight. Weasel was eight and five, and you were seven and six. So Weasel moved into second place by himself. You will move back to last. I'm only have a three game lead over Weasel. Damn it! I'm not creeping up. What the hell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was perfect. No, shut up, Weasel. <laughs> well, you gained you gained two games because of the game that you picked. Well, I picked the Bills. You picked the Chiefs over the Broncos. Yeah, duh. <laughs> because of Peyton Manning. Yeah. It's funny. He's on a lot of uh, fantasy football uh, like uh, groups and stuff. He's uh, like a free agent like uh, for the past couple of weeks and stuff. Really? Yeah. Peyton Manning. Hey, look, Never expected that. I mean, well, it's it's no different than Brett Favre in his last year in the, in the league, too, I think. Um, except <laughs> Peyton Manning's departure is far less violent as the final hit Favre took in his career against the Steelers. But I digress. First game, Chris. All right, Thursday night, we have a juggernaut. We got the Titans versus the Jags. Whoop, whoop. Um, <laughs> you, you never know what you're getting out of either of these teams, um, but I'm, I'm going to go with the Jags. Uh, Mariota is back, and uh, so it's enticing to pick them, but... The Jags are playing pretty good football, uh, especially their offense is clicking, so I'll go for the Jags also. The term pretty good football is relative in the AFC South, but nonetheless, I too have Jacksonville. Next. Uh, you got the Raiders at the Lions. Okay. Um, Anybody? Well, Raiders will put <laughs> up yeah, a lot of I'll points. Yeah. We'll see if they have a running game against the Lions, which I think they will. Yeah, I don't think that'll matter either. I have the Raiders. They're not going to pull off two big upsets in a row. I just don't have that much confidence. Next game. You got the Colts at the Falcons. Colts coming off their bye week. Um, looked pretty decent last week. Um, it was the starter, though, for yeah, at quarterback. Yeah, bye week. You know, new, new, new offense coordinator and everything like that. So I'm against the Falcons secondary. I'm, I'm going to go Colts. Weasel. They're going to turn it around now. I am pretty sure that uh, Hasselbeck will be the starting quarterback I believe that game. you're right. And so uh, um, the, Raider, the uh, Falcons, they do have uh, some uh, uh, good offense there. So Julio uh, Jones and, those, and that guy, Devonta Freeman. He's all right. So Falcons. <laughs> Fake as the Falcons are, luck is not on their side. I have Atlanta over the Colts. Next. All right, next you got the Jets. Jets versus the Texans. Uh, Texans don't have a quarterback still. Uh, the Jets, even though Fitzpatrick didn't play all that great, they, they have a decent defense too. So I'm, I'm going to go Jets. Anybody? I'm Anybody? taking the Jets. Wait, wait, wait. Well, hold on, hold on. Have they put J.J. Watt on the on the depth chart for quarterback yet? No. Okay. No, I, not yet. I, I got the Jets. <laughs> just checking. I'm just checking. It could get that desperate. You don't know, Weasel. Don't judge me. <laughs> Next game. Next, you got the Bucks at the Eagles. Um, Mark Sanchez starting for the Eagles. I'm going to go Bucks. Weasel. Bucks, Eagles. I am actually going to go for the Eagles this game. Okay. Their defense, I think they're, they're getting better by the season as it goes. And uh, and Eagles, I mean, their offense. Uh, um, oh, crap. Isn't Mark, that's Mark Sanchez, right? Yes, yes, it is. <sighs> I'm just. I'll pick the Eagles. Um, 
You know, Mark Sanchez has a habit of doing well against teams that are less than good. We didn't do all that great last week against the Dolphins. So, um, damn it. Yeah, I'm with Chris. I got the Bucks. Screw it. Next. Weasel's like, upset. <laughs> Next, you got, the, you got the Broncos at the Bears. The Bears have been playing pretty good the last couple weeks. I'm going to jump on the bandwagon this week. I'm going to go with the Bears. Oh, Chris puts no stock in Brock. All right. So, Broncos, Bears. I will... I'll, I'll pick the Bears. You know what? I may not put stock in Brock, but I like that Broncos defense. This is a defense who in the past had to come together. This is a franchise that had to support Tim Tebow and manage to get some things done. Some of the guys who were the statesmen of that defense were there then. They're here now, and they'll put stock in Brock no matter what the three of us say. I got the Broncos. I'm creeping up. Next. You got, the, you got the Packers at the Vikings. Okay. Um, this is the game. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go with the Vikings this way. They've been, they've been playing well. Um, Adrian Peterson's been running pretty well. The Vikings or the Broncos or, yeah, talk. The Packers have been having a hard time sometimes stopping the run. I think Peterson's going to have a good game. I'm going to go with Vikings. Ways of ways. Uh, I don't even have to talk. Vikings. Let me tell you why it's not that bad, okay? The Packers, on paper, the Packers are the proper choice. On paper, okay? But Eddie Lacy, not a factor. Their running game, no balance on offense. People having less confidence in Rodgers. That O-line being exposed. Receivers playing hurt, trying to play through being hurt. That defense being exposed for what they are. I hope they're going to put Clay Matthews in the middle to try to stop Adrian Peterson, but then who's going to stop the Stephon Diggs and to look and to take something out of my cousin Vinny? Is there anything else we can pile on top of this Packers team? Is there any more beep that can be put on the outcome of this game? Not really. So which team, which team are you picking? Yeah, I guess I got the Vikings. <laughs> Air high five. Weasel weasel. Next game. Uh, you got the Rams at the Ravens. Um, Kate Keenum's going to be starting for the Rams this week. And then Nick Foles. Boom. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the Rams with Kate Keenum as long as they all show that Kate Keenum voice. I'm good. Actually, that might help. It's kind of like it, it's kind of like in the replacements where it distracted the opponent. Just saying. Oh my God! What is that? Except, yeah, those, those, yeah, that's I kind of a reverse psychology. So is it Ravens versus uh, Rams. Rams. Huh. I'm gonna go with a Rams running game. I got the Rams. You know what? Same here. Todd, I am not a curly man. Boom. Next game. Next, you got the Cowboys at the Dolphins. Romo's back this week. Dolphins are playing pretty pretty good lately. Um, Sean Lee's still out for the Cowboys. I'm, I'm going to go with the Finns. Where's the Wiz? Cowboys. Uh, eh, why not? I'm going to go with the Cowboys. You know what? Me too. Against the Dolphins? Sure. There are a lot of teams that I would I would say like the Cowboys still lose and slam their season shut. Yeah. The, the Finns are... Uh, more depressing than the Cowboys. And let's put it this way. They barely crawled past the Eagles the way they did. The Cowboys will get that boost for one game. They'll look right. Now the week after, I can't speak for it. But this week, I'm confident in the Cowboys. Next up. 
Next, we got the Redskins at the Panthers. Redskins coming off of a big win, but it was against the Saints. It's not against Carolina's defense. <laughs> so I'm going to go Panthers. Anybody. It is. That's not that easy. Anybody. It's not that easy. You I'm, don't think I'm so. of course, picking the Panthers. But I, I pick Kirk, them, but... Kirk Cousins is uh, showing that he could be an NFL quarterback. So it's not, it's not that easy for this pick, but Panthers, of course. I'm going to go back and take that. Kirk, Kirk Cousins is looking. No, I'm not. That, that's me. <laughs> friends don't let friends. I don't know why I just let you. I have the Panthers. Chris. You got the bang, Bengals at the Cardinals. This is a pretty Probably damaging best game. Probably matchup too. game this, this week. I'm, I'm going to go Arizona. Weasel. <sighs> Bengals, Cardinals. Crap. Crap. Let's see. Uh... I'm going to go with the Bengals on this one. What? Yeah. Yep. Any reason why? Or is it just, is it just what your gut tells you? Uh, uh, I like the uh, the Bengals' uh, offense a little bit better. So. Okay. So you like the Bengals' offense better than Larry Fitzgerald and Michael Floyd and John Brown and CJ 1.5K and Andre Ellington and Jermaine Gresham. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. Tyler Eifert's your dude. Um, but I think this is where the wagon train stops. I think we have one undefeated team after this week. I think Carson Palmer sees his former team and lays the schmack down. I don't know that he's played them since he's parted, but if he has, it hasn't been a game against this signi- uh, uh, in this significant a matchup. I have the Cardinals. Next. You have the Niners, Seahawks. Oh, uh, I know the Seahawks. Yeah, anybody, Seahawks. Seahawks. Yeah, come yeah. on, seriously. <laughs> I said a lot of the you. All of a sudden, <laughs> next mm-hmm. game. <laughs> then you got the Chiefs, Chargers. I'm going Chiefs. Yeah, Chiefs have a better defense. I got the Chiefs. Charcander Quest isn't going to be stopped by anybody on the Chargers side. I have the Chiefs. All right. And then next Monday night, you got the Patriots. Or the Bills at the Patriots. I'm going Patriots right now. Even though, I mean, even though no Julian Edelman, um, if, I'll be happy if the Bills win, but I think Patriots still win it. And going out of the limb, let's go Buffalo. It's a trap. <laughs> and I don't mean that you picking it is a trap. It's a trap. This is a trap game. Oh, yeah. I could see why you did it. But there's no way in hell I am. I got the Patriots. Are you crazy? Not really. But you're just brave. And, and I'm not. And you've been brave before, which is why you're ahead of me right now. I'm not even talking schmack right now. So that – I. It's a trap. I'll leave it at that. And, of course, Monday night, next up, Chris. That was it. That was, that was Monday night game. Oh, that was Monday night. Okay, I thought you said that was Sunday night. Well, what do I know? Fine. That means I guess we're done. Well, that's sad. <sighs> but a way to keep the hits on coming, go to NGSCSports.com. Boom. Check it out there. Of course, I'll be releasing this week's edition of the Matchup Mania. It comes out late tomorrow night. Check it out Wednesday morning if you are in the night out. That'll be fine. Um, of course, you can go on Twitter. Find my man, Weasel Wurz. Yeah, boy. Steven Weasel Hurley at Weasel, the SOTG. The local hero himself, Chris Firefighter extraordinaire at Hydraulic Upright, U-P-R-I-T-E. 
on Twitter. Of course, I am Kyle Nash, the student of the game, at VSOTG on Twitter. Um, good times all the way around. Don't forget, NGSE Sports YouTube channel. Check out the Sports Symposium. And uh, got another one in the works. Sent off some more audio for Hilarity by Default's Demos Euclid to get to work on to have the next episode come out. I know it's been a while, but here it comes. This one, a two-parter, finding all the silly statements in Deflategate. I know it's not relevant right now, but hey, when that appeal actually gets decided come towards the end of the season, it'll be relevant then, I'm just saying. So, for Steve Hurley and Chris Rankin, I'm Kyle Nash, the student of the game. Until next time, everybody, class dismissed.